everybody. How you doing? That good? That is so incredible. And hello, my name's Micah McCaw. My name's Jordan McCaw. And we are married. And this is the McCaw Podcast Universe. And uh, we are talking about film franchises, are we not, Jordan? Yes, we are. And why are we here? We're here for another reason, too. <sighs> And I think it's we exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. Mm-hmm. And we get to do this. You know, if if someone came out with this podcast, say in the '90s, it would be a whole other ball game because you had straight series back in the day. Mm-hmm. And these days, you got your you got your superhero series that's got series within series. It's worlds within worlds. It's like we're over what here. Is that? That's a quote from something. It's worlds within worlds. It, it's from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. No, but there's like a sitcom or something. There's a joke. Oh, okay. But but it is. She says, I was, and I was about to say, it's like we're in Subatomica is what I was about oh, to say. Yeah. Which, of course, are quotes from the comics, not really the movie in a yeah. way. Um, and we're talking about Deadpool 2 today. Capiche? Yep. So... Now I, I gotta I gotta do a little setting up here because myself throughout this podcast I have kind of convinced myself that Deadpool sucks and kind of convinced myself that Ryan Reynolds sucks and that I don't like these two movies. We re we rewatched Deadpool one, and I thought, yeah, I like that movie. It's mm-hmm. good. And uh, you know, it's not my favorite movie in the world. Not I wouldn't even probably put it in a top ten favorite superhero movie, but I like it. Um, and then uh, we're we're sitting down to watch this, and I feel a little Ryan Reynolds refreshed. You know, I I felt good about Deadpool, and I remember that this movie, upon its release, I did not like this movie. I really you straight didn't up like this did not movie. like it. I, I right wasn't that the conversation we had leaving the theater? I don't you, remember straight up not liking it. I just remember having a lot of issues and just thinking this is definitely not as good as the first one. Maybe, maybe it took a little bit, but but I definitely got to a point where I was like, "Oof!" And Deadpool two, yikes! Is that a slog and not a good movie? And uh, now we're gonna get into whether that has changed, remain the same, you know, whatever. But uh, well, if you could just talk about your experience, I'll talk about mine. Yeah, I felt the same way in terms of uh, the time farther spent apart from Deadpool. I was like, it can't, it's not as good as I originally thought it was the first movie. Yeah, and then as you listen to in our Deadpool episode, that movie holds up. It's great. Yeah. Um, but I also felt that way about Deadpool too. And I do remember when we saw. It, I do remember thinking, not as good as the first one, not unwatchable, not boring or anything. But I didn't think it was a bad movie. Yeah. Got a lot of issues. Right, right, right. Did what do you think now? Um, I actually think I feel somewhat similar this time around. Um, although I it was funnier than I remember it being. Yeah. I think I just convinced myself that the Deadpool joke had worn off. And and you know what? Uh I think part of that is I listen to a lot of blank check and they don't, I don't think they like these movies. So mm-hmm. part of it is them like kind of making fun of these movies uh, and being influenced by that. But I think the other part is like, you know, I just got so tired of Re- Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool in movies where he's not Deadpool. Yep. Because here's the other thing. I mean, last year we talked a lot in the Hobbs and Shaw episode about Ryan Reynolds and I really went off and went crazy. And um, I think you heard his feelings. 
I think I may have. Like they're not going ahead with Deadpool three now. Bought a football team. Yeah, with Rob McElhenney. McElhenney. I think that's because you made him sad. Well, I guess good for him. (laughs) He got a hit TV show out of it. Um, yeah, I so. So I was pretty much like, you know, I'm done with Ryan Reynolds, and I was dreading rewatching these, even though I found him charming and spirited, and I thought maybe this is a new zone of Ryan Reynolds. And also, this is the reason why I still cannot get myself to watch Free Guy. As much as I've had a lot of people I know and trust tell me, no, it's good, I'm like, I just can't watch it. So when we watched Deadpool and then Deadpool 2, I... I I guess when he's Deadpool, it just totally works. I I really because he his performance was not at all. He was not the problems that I have with this movie, um, and his performance isn't. And so that it actually made me, uh, I, I I'm kind of like pretty excited about Deadpool three now. I'm like yeah, I'm I'm kind of ready for to see that. Like the first movie, um, th- this one, it, it gets in, it gets caught up very quickly in superhero stuff, mm-hmm. uh, as it should, I guess. But like what we covered in the first movie, the story structure of that one was so refreshing compared to all of these superhero movies we yeah. had up until that point. And I would still say that that's the same here. There's still, I, I, I not not as much, yeah, not as refreshing or feels new, but still there's, they're still doing fun stuff with like story structure. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think when we left the movie, I thought to myself, like that was the exact same movie as the first movie. I think I feel the same way, but I don't really yeah, feel that way. I, I don't of agree course with they're going to do some of the same jokes. Yeah. But like, other than that, it doesn't feel like a ripoff. It didn't feel lazy. No, no, it definitely well, didn't. The only way it felt lazy is when the superhero stuff clocked all of it up. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> but but I I was thinking when we were watching it last night, the first act of this movie, I was like, "Oh, this is better than the first movie." I think I'm just like going to have one of those experiences that happens often on the show where it's like, "Oh, I just don't agree with my old opinion mm-hmm. of this movie." But uh, once you meet the kid, for me, this movie just starts going downhill after that and it never recovers once let's, you meet the let's kid. Let's talk about the kid. Oh, oh, Julian okay. Dennison plays Fire Fist. Um, he, oh my gosh, there was a hair on the the pop filter, the pop filter, and it's poking me. Yeah, it's probably one of yours. No, well, it's one it's of probably Gilmore's. Gilmore's. Yeah. Okay, Good Julian boy. Dennison is also in Hunt for the Wilder People. I'm sure he is best known for that. Um, well, he's is, best known for this now, but before well, that, yeah. yeah, but uh, that's a really charming and wonderful Taika Waititi movie that also stars Sam Neill. Man, mm-hmm. the movie was so nice. Um, he's also in Godzilla versus Kong. I don't remember that. No, not at all. Um, he's in shopping. The Christmas Chronicles part two. Oh, part two. I didn't know Goldie Hawn was in it. Yeah. <laughs> I still believe, not going to watch. I it. think at the end of Christmas Chronicles one Goldie Hawn walks out. And it's like, here we go. They're bringing together the real life universe. <laughs> the Russell averse is opening. <sighs> <laughs> so um, he he's in other stuff, but but not a ton. I mean, he's pretty young. Yeah. Um, but his this character is really similar to his Hunt for the Wilder People character. 
Yeah. If that, if, oh yeah, but, you're right. But he's just not a villain in that movie. Yeah. In that movie, he's just a modern kid living in the country, mm-hmm. and that like works. That makes the movie so funny. Yeah. Um. But he is the. He feels like the same exact character in this one. Just he's a he has powers. Yeah. So, I I think it felt a little bit like, I don't know, whatever. I've seen him do this. Yeah. Because it's a very specific thing. That that being said, like he's still funny though. I I I'll just say it, and it can be it can be wrong. It can be opinion. I don't like him or his performance in this movie. Do you like his character? I like the idea of it. I think it's done a lot better in Looper, but I do like the idea of it. Because this is the same plot as Looper. We just bring up Looper all the time these days. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I think we're ripe for a rewatch. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it's okay that it's the same plot as Looper, but it's like in that you just have the kid. He's not like an angry teen who's really annoying. He's just a kid. And yeah. But this kid has a right to be angry. No, I know. Uh, it, it, it could have been better, though. I, Sounds I don't like you just aren't on board with the casting. Yeah, and I, I don't know how to describe it, and I don't want to, like, like you know, this kid, you're welcome on the show anytime. I mean, I, I don't know that it's you who, you who took your performance in the way that I don't like it. It's probably a director or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Just didn't um, work for you. It just didn't work. And I, I just, it, it's a little nails on a chalkboard for me, the whole movie. Okay. Which is tough, because... You, you're 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 wanting to, you you need to want to. You want him not to be have redeemed. Him, you yeah, you want him to be redeemed, and I'm just like, just let Cable kill this guy. He'll, he'll then we won't have to have him in the rest of the movie, you know. So fundamentally, I, I'm kind of like not on board with the last half of the movie because I want Cable to succeed. Okay, I do <laughs> I do understand that that maybe they could have made the the kid more sympathetic. But it's like it's at the same time it's like he has to match Deadpool's energy, so I understand why they took it that direction. It's like on, on paper I understand, I just don't like watching it. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, did did you want to hit some other actors since you're over yeah. there? We have covered Zazzy Beats on the Bullet Train episode on Patreon. But let's bring it to but the main feed. On the main feed, um, she is in Atlanta. I feel like I said that weird. Atlanta. You, you, you uh, kind of you gave it a southern drawl. She's also in Joker, or is she? I think you made that joke <laughs> on the Bullet Train episode. Uh, she's in Nine Days, Invincible, Bullet Train, and a lot of other stuff. She's I don't remember her being in the movie this much, mm-hmm. and I don't remember how funny her character was. Yeah. Her I, character was so funny. So I, I remember thinking, what a waste. Yeah. Um, but actually, she's fine in this. No, she's... I, I, I no think it works. But but I I remember and we talked about it a lot in Bullet Train. She's totally wasted in that movie. Yeah, I feel like there's something on the cutting room floor with that, which we talked about. You there's have more to... than that though. They... No, but let's not even get okay. into it. They need to go to Patreon.com/slash Mike McCaw to get that episode. Okay, it's a pretty wild episode and it's a good episode. And you might be surprised what we think of the movie by how we're talking about it right now. Having said all of that, though, uh, we, you and I kind of went on a tangent, and we've talked about this throughout our podcast, and I want to give it a bit of a conclusion here about people misusing the cast of Atlanta, Atlanta. Yeah. who are some of the most talented young actors currently living. Um, and one is Brian Tyree Henry, who I, I talked a lot about in our Eternals episode and how he's misused as an actor. Uh, I, I think the gist of my argument was they always hire 
him in movies to be like the nerd guy that knows everything. And it's very weird and it never really works. But this year he was in a movie called Causeway, a movie that I think is okay. Last year. Uh, last year, yes, you're right. Uh, and he was nominated for an Oscar. We watched it, and it was a breath of fresh air because <laughs> they, they used, used him. him correctly. Yeah, and it's great that someone finally casted him correctly, used him correctly, and he got nom- He got recognized. I know, for it. <laughs> I know. It's like, yes, stop casting him as this nerdy guy. That being said, though, he was great in Bullet Train. His character yeah, he was. was really he, funny, but he wasn't train. nerdy in no, Bullet he wasn't. Train. He, he wasn't, wasn't like he wasn't like I want to start a podcast like, about conspiracy he's just theories, been in like, like in some, Godzilla. Some comedies that's like this doesn't work. So, but he's in this comedy Bullet Train, and it's like that works. Yeah, yeah, because he's very funny. We've watched Atlanta. He's yeah. very funny. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to put a conclusion to that he was used well in that movie. They gave him ap- actual depth to explore, and you need to do that with an actor as good as him. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Um. Man, the casting, the way it's listed on here is just a nightmare. Right, that makes sense. Because so, you have all those cameos, and those are probably, some of those people are paid more, I'm sure. Yukio is played by Shioli Kasuna. Uh, she's also in The Outsider, um, the the Jared Leto one. Oh, yeah, um, where he's, like, in Tokyo or something. Yeah, Murder Mystery, um, Invasion, and other things. Um, and then, but not a million other things, as you usually say. Just other things. Okay. Peter is played by Rob Delaney. He is also in Catastrophe, the man who fell to Earth. He is a comedian. He is okay. I'm looking at one of his specials. Okay. Which is called Rob Delaney Jackie. I've heard that name. Me too. Um. No, but I, I, we, we were on completely different ends of the spectrum yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. First of all, we both love the Peter character. Peter's the best character in the movie. Y- duh. Yeah, um, you were like so confused, not so confused, but in your opinion, you're yeah. like that is a PFT casting. You got to cast Paul F. Tompkins. Well, because I, what I said is like this person and character, the way he is designed. I mean, he's not in a fancy suit like Paul F. Tompkins always wears, but he looked like when I saw the movie, I was like. That looks like Paul F. Tompkins. It looks like they are trying to make someone look like Paul F. And Tompkins. I was on the on another end of the spectrum, but let me have a disclaimer because I don't want any word getting around that I wouldn't want Paul F. Tompkins in something. He's al- always put him in something. Always welcome. He's probably listening. <laughs> probably not. No, he's not. Um, but hey, the- Paul, if you are, we would we would do anything to have you on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, I was thinking it, he, this guy's a John Hamm type. Yeah. That's all. I uh, Hey, here's what we're saying, Paul F. Tompkins, as you're listening. Or John Hamm. Hey, he, no, but here's what we're saying to you, Paul F. Tompkins. You're a good-looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> if we're comparing you to John Hamm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I wished, and maybe it's that, I wish that Paul F. Tompkins was this person. But that's not to say Rob Delaney's great in this. No, oh, no, he's really, he's, really he, good. I mean, he's the best character. Yeah. I, I love this. He, that. There is a joke in this movie, folks, uh, that is the funniest joke in any Deadpool movie. And it's probably the funniest joke in, like, a superhero movie. Yeah. One of the funniest jokes I've ever heard, where they're on the plane, they're getting ready to do this mission where they're going to stop and save. They're going to stop this convoy that's going and get the kid. And you you cut to Peter, and he's squirting all of this um, 
what is that called? Sunscreen. Sunscreen on his on his hand, and he's wiping it on his face, and he says, I don't know about this cable guy, but I guarantee you he hasn't killed as many people as melanoma. <laughs> and that is, that is so the good. best joke. Yeah. By far. It's yeah. no question. No question. It's so, the best one. Yeah. Okay. I think that was in the trailer. Yeah, I don't remember it being in the trailer because I do remember laughing real hard. Oh, okay. I just but. I feel like it was in the trailer. Lewis Tan plays Shatterstar. Shatterstar? Okay. Shatterstar. Um, he is also in Mortal Kombat, Shadow and Bone, We Assassins, About Fate, Fistful of Vengeance. Okay. Um, and then we have Bill Skarsgård, who plays Zeitgeist. You know what? We will have talked about Bill Skarsgård because even though we haven't seen this movie and it's not out yet, by the time this episode drops, we will have watched a movie called John Wick Chapter 4, of which he is one of the stars. Oh, then I'm not going to talk about him. Yeah. Because we'll, you'll get your fill. Terry yeah. Crews plays Bedlam. Uh-huh. Do not remember Terry Crews in this, which it feels weird to not remember Terry Crews in something. He's such yeah, a memorable he's, person. He's a big guy. Um, He is in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, of course. Uh-huh. Um, Idiocracy, the expend, the Expendables, the first one. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that. I actually can see him in the movie. Um, and and a, and a million other things. It's Terry Crews. <laughs> um, we do get a very funny cameo. Yeah. From Brad. Yeah, and I found out that Reynolds asked him if he would do it. Um, for. For um oh what is what is the term uh uh, uh I gotta find it I gotta find it uh scale <laughs> because I they probably couldn't afford to have him even just show his face and Brad Pitt agreed to do it that's, on scale that makes that's just like that's so funny yeah that okay so what's so funny about it is his cameo yeah is um it looks it, like it's like, from Seven though it it, it no it, it does look like they're just doing a deep fake but um let's compare these okay both these movies are David Leach movies. Yes. Oh, oh, we're gonna have between, such a David Leach time Bullet, on this episode. Between Bullet Train and this movie. Yes. Um and oh, there, oh, wow. there is a, a wow. crazy like I I think that they think is a crazy cameo in Bullet Train. Yeah. Which is Ryan Reynolds at one point. And all we see is his face when someone's referencing a guy. Yes, and and mind you, the whole movie they've been talking about, about this, this other assassin. And then eventually they reveal, like, they it's like they show the face. It's Ryan Reynolds. We're uh -huh. all supposed to laugh hysterically. Yeah. And I thought it was one of the worst cameos in a movie in a long time. Mm -hmm. And it because it was like, even before they showed his face, I knew it was going to be Ryan Reynolds for some reason. Yeah. This movie, on the other hand, is one of the best. I, I think, like, I, I think it is, like, truly one of the least expected people for their face to show up. Uh, and I think yeah, it's the fact I laughed out of shock the first time I saw it. Yeah, and and the fact that prior to that when everyone was parachuting down, uh-huh. There he's the vanisher and he's invisible and you're just seeing a parachute. That's all you're seeing. You don't see the person. And the camera <laughs> right, the right, camera right. like fo like there's a shot of the camera like close up on the I on know, the backpack. I know. So I think all of that stuff just makes it so much funnier that finally they reveal that it's Brad Pitt. When you don't, yeah. like, I don't think anyone thought that we would get to see him at all. Like who it is at all. I thought that was the joke. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah, when he hit, yeah. Oh my gosh. You're so, you're just so right that like we have a director who's done the same trick twice and one is like 
a perfect, and the other one is an absolute thud. The other one, as we've talked about several, so many times, and even in yeah. the Bullet Train episode, but the Ryan Reynolds cameo in Bullet Train should have been like Danny DeVito. Or that something. was my bit. Like someone who visually, because here's the, the thing with cameos that is so tough is when you see Bullet Train, your reaction is, oh, that's Ryan Reynolds. He's funny. That's why this is funny. But wait, wait. Not even all of that. This is not, that's an ensemble cast movie, and it's an action movie. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is an action actor. Yeah. So to see his face in a movie like that, and it's funny, fine, whatever. Yeah. You got, you got to give me someone who is, like, not an action person. Yes. That's the that's the joke. Or or it needs to be like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. To where it's like he what? You know. It, yeah. it, so it like it builds to a joke that you're like, oh, "Okay." Yeah. Whereas this builds to something where it's like you Brad Pitt's never been in a superhero movie. Right. Like this is so this is unprecedented. And then there's no lines. He's one of the biggest actors in the world. He doesn't have a line in this. He's literally not that he's only there to show his face one time. That's it. Yeah. That is a good use of a cameo. And I think I think it's worth comparing the two because they're both David Leach movies. Yeah. Um and, and they both probably had to be having the same conversations when they were making both <laughs> movies. That it's just like, yes, Ryan Reynolds is a list actor, mm-hmm. so famous. I'm sorry, Ryan, you're nowhere near as famous as Brad Pitt. Oh no, 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 no. So th- even that shock value isn't there that you're that you get from the Brad Pitt one. Yeah, and Ryan Reynolds seems like he's... I think another thing is, like, Brad Pitt it doesn't do this sort of thing. No. So it's, like, no way. Like, yeah. they, I just felt like, no way, they got Brad Pitt to do this. Or at least they got him to sign away the rights to his face for <laughs> this shot. I know. And, and, and then with Ryan Reynolds, it's like, yeah, of course he'd show up to the set. Like, he seems like he would go to a UCB show if we were hosting one. You know what I mean? Which is not bad. That's not a yeah. bad quality to have. But it's just like, yeah, you're friends with the director. Cool, whatever. Yeah, right. I just saw two other cameos. Uh huh. One is a conf- confirmation for me on who I thought it could be. The other one, no effing idea. Okay, okay. <laughs> the two dudes at the truck when C- Cable yeah. shows up and, and the, the one guy's telling the other guy about how he goes to the bathroom. Yeah. Um. One of the guys was like, that. L- it's always his profile. And uh-huh. it looked like Alan Tudyk. Yeah. And I was curious if it was or not. It is Alan Tudyk. Okay, yeah. The other person? <laughs> Matt Damon. How did you know that? I read it after the movie came out. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Did you? Could you tell? I couldn't This tell. time around, I could. But when he turned... I, I could when he, it was a profile, but when he turned his face like toward the camera, I couldn't tell, funny enough. I had, But it was Alan Tudyk. I was wondering about that. Yeah. That one's a weird cameo to me as well. Because... uh. I feel like they should have been given something funny to say or do. They were, th- their conversation was pretty funny. I just, I, yeah, I guess for me. both times it's just not a funny conversation to me. It's just kind of like exists. Two hillbillies, one with a giant beer belly talking about, he's, he's talking about wiping his butt like it's a course of meals. Maybe I just didn't understand that he was talking about wiping his butt. Yeah, he was. Which makes me feel stupid. And he stupid. was saying that that your first wipe is is like it's just the first course. It's the appetizer. Then you're gonna want to get the wet wipe. And blah 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 blah. Okay. You it's know what? I think Monica. I thought it was something like sexual or something, and I just didn't want to. I wasn't there for it. No, he was just talking about wiping his, wiping his ass. Yeah, I think that's it. Unless I'm forgetting anyone. Oh, I did want to see who plays um, Juggernaut. Oh, I can tell you that. Get just out of it. Get out of tell it. Tell me now. No. 
Okay, fine. Uh, Ryan Reynolds does the voice of Juggernaut, and then the, the, his face is uh, David Leach's face. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the making of the movie. It's directed by David Leach. So for those who don't remember, he is the director uh, with Chad Miller on John Wick 1. Then Chad Miller will go on. Chad Stahelski. Oh, you're right. Chad Miller? (laughs) Who is that? I don't know. (laughs) Chad Stahelski. And Chad Stahelski will go on to direct the rest of the John Wick movies. I just have to say this because it just popped into my head. When we saw Matrix Reloaded. Uh Uh-huh. That's the new one, right? Okay. Um, When. Mm -mm. Yeah. uh, 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 What? What is that? What is the Resurrections is the new when one. When we saw Matrix Resurrection, um, it was pretty cute when Chad Stahelski showed up on screen. Micah was like a little girl. Yeah, yeah I thought very, it was cool. You were very excited to see him. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so we probably talked about that in our episode. You don't have to bring it up again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Chad Stahelski will go on to direct the rest of the John Wick movies. And then David Leach will go on to direct Atomic Blonde. And then he directs this movie. And then he does Hobbs and Shaw. And then he does Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. So do we want to talk about the David Leach of it now or later? So he hasn't come back to John Wick at all, other than maybe producing? No, he hasn't. Yeah. Not even to produce? Uh, I don't know about oh, producing. Okay. I'm sure he's a producer. Okay. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, we can talk about it. Um. I so I think watching that, watching those movies, I haven't seen Atomic Blonde, but I've seen the other three, and um, and and I just think he number one, I think he has a very bad perception of special effects, yeah, and a bad understanding of them and how to use them properly and well, because all of those movies we mentioned have at least one sequence. But more like, th- I think probably three on each of them at least that look genuinely not bad, not like, oh, that's a little wonky, but they look terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he's pretty bad with special effects. Um, and it-, it was interesting that Bullet Train and this movie just had a lot. I- like, he definitely has like a certain type of story he tells, and he, and he kind of. Like rewatching this movie, it's like, oh, Bullet Train is kind of just a remake of Deadpool two in a lot of ways, and like the structure and the jokes and oh, okay. e- everything okay. that they do, and it it's, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't think he's gonna be, I don't think he's gonna be like a, a big director for a long time. I guess. Okay. I I don't think he. I think Chad Stahelski and him together made something magical. Uh, I think. I don't think he's ready for A-list materials. He needs to be in, like, a lower budget range, I think. I will say that um, I do agree with that. That his movies all have a certain look that is nice. Because I, I remember... When they're not CG, when they look not CG, great. But, like, I remember when we were watching Hobbs and Shaw, especially at the beginning of that movie, like, he's just really good at colors. Yeah. It, more than anything, he just likes colorful movies. Yeah. And we are just inundated with not colorful movies these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, if you're going to watch a David Leach movie, you at least know it's going to be colorful. For the first 30 minutes. <laughs> Sometimes longer. For, for Hobbs and Shaw and oh, this movie. for Hobbs movie. and Shaw, yeah. But, it's like, but first 30 but minutes looks said great. in general, this movie looked better than the first one. Yeah, yeah. In general. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I that that is a plus about him. 
yeah, absolutely. Um, but but I think like he kind of reminds me of Guy Ritchie, where it's okay. like Guy Ritchie was kind of given the keys to the kingdom, and he's also not very good with special effects. And Guy Ritchie's best when he's like down in the dirt doing like British people who suck, um, and gangsters. And so it's kind of like, you know, do your thing, but maybe stay in your lane a little bit. And and David Leach, I kind of feel like he did John Wick, and then he did this movie. And it's like he needs like three movies in between where he either learns how to make this movie or three movies in between where he sticks to like ground-level grunge, dirty people in the sewers. You know what I mean? You want a, you want a chud movie? A chud movie? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe I don't know that Anyone? seems like too many special effects for him <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and I guess Atomic Blonde probably fits that bill I would imagine I don't know haven't seen it you know like I doubt that there's a huge special effects sequence in that movie okay um and and for the most part I do think he pulls this off but but the he just has no sense of what to do with with special effects no this movie gets off the rails fast with special effects yeah and I mean, again, I just, I, I don't, I think it's worth mentioning that Hobbs and Shaw has to be in contention for like top five worst movies made in, in that decade. Yeah. I can't even, I think we've talked about that too much actually. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, this movie is again written by Rhett Reese, Paul Wiernick, and Ryan Reynolds has a credit as well. The cinematography is Jonathan Sala, who we've talked about because of John Wick one and he teams up with Leech. Uh, the music is by Taylor Bates. Uh, we've talked Tyler about him. Bates. Oh, Tyler Bates. Taylor Bates is someone who lives in Oregon. <laughs> um, well, maybe Tyler does too. I don't know. Does he? I don't know. Uh, the movie comes out May 18th, 2018 on a $110 million budget. That's quite a bit more than the, the first movie. Domestically, the movie makes $318 million, uh, which is domestically lower than Deadpool 1. Okay. Um, but worldwide it makes 734, which makes it the highest grossing X-Men movie. Okay. So this beats out all other X-Men movies. And both the Deadpools are like a kind of a wide margin higher than like the rest of the X-Men movies, which is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, in 2016, you know, the first movie comes out in February 2016, and then Tim Miller, the director of that movie, April, he's like, yeah, I'm I'm directing this next one. And then by October of 2016, he leaves the project over creative differences. Right. And it is reported, well, first of all, Ryan Reynolds negotiates a lot more creative control, and he gets uh, casting approval on Deadpool 2. Wow. Um, and then the media starts talking about how Miller and Reynolds are like have a pretty bad contentious relationship. Oh, so it's them that were I always thought that Ryan was like fighting for him. Well, we're gonna get to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't don't jump on the peach before it's ripe, James. What? Just made it up on the spot. Hopefully it works. Um and then there's a thing that kind of comes out where um he was like determined to hire Kyle Chandler as Cable, who is the dad in Friday Night Lights, or the coach in Friday Night Lights, I think. And as, he's in oh, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, that guy is Cable? Yeah. Interesting. And, and The guy from, the dad from Super 8. That guy's yeah. America's dad. Yeah, and also, 
I, I love Josh Brolin. I think he's great in this movie. I do think Kyle Chandler would be much more interesting. That would be interesting. Because um, Josh Brolin's a little on the nose. But he's not bad. He is good in this. Yeah. Um, no shade there. But uh, so Miller's like, yes, I have to have Kyle Chandler. And um, Re- Reynolds is like, no, we're not having him on this movie. So that's something that they're saying is happening. And then it's it's reported that, like, Reynolds wants to keep it raunchy and, like, low and, and like the first movie in yeah. feeling. Yeah. And everyone's saying, but Miller wants to make it really stylized and crazy and, like, make it, like, bigger and better. Now, all of this apparently is false. <laughs> okay. But this is reported, and this is what I was hearing, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. But, uh... Mr. Tim Miller has this to say for himself. Uh, He said, I didn't want to make some stylized movie that was three times the budget. If you read the internet, who cares really? But for those of you who do, I wanted to make the same kind of movie that we made before because I think that's the right movie to make for the character. So So don't believe what you read on the internet. I wanted to do the same thing um, Kyle Chandler was not going to be Cable. All this stuff that I read kind of kills me. <laughs> um, but there, there, he has kind of talked about some differences in his movie. Okay. And and I don't know if I would have liked this better. It's a completely different movie. Okay. But Vanessa, for one, at, has a much bigger character arc. Yeah. Which I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's she, my one of my biggest issues with this movie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she becomes her, I guess, iconic character copycat in the movie. I don't know who that character is. Never read a comic with it. But I guess she's a character. Um, and then Miller also got permission to have the thing in this movie. So the Fantastic Four's the thing was going to fight the juggernaut in this movie. What? Which is kind of wild. And we didn't get it? Yeah. I wanted to see that. Colossus looked so bad in this movie. Yeah, I don't... He looked worse he in the looked first worse one. in this one. And I read how they kind of, like, redesigned it to make him look better, and I was like... No. Well... Maybe when he's standing there and not doing anything, he looks better. Yeah. But when he's talking, it is like, what year are we watching? What year is this? And it, and when he walked, especially, his so walking bad. movements were very strange. It's like they couldn't figure out the physics. I yeah. mean, because he's, like, what, completely made of steel? Yeah. But he's also a giant. Yeah. So it is like, how would he walk? They could. They they didn't figure it out. (laughs) Well, and 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 that's another thing to remember is that he, like Tim Miller, was a special effects guy, and that's why like Colossus. You know, I I he still pretty much works in that movie because he he was someone who was like thought of it that way because he makes special effects himself. Mm -hmm. So he thinks of things in that in terms of that. Whereas David Leach thinks of them in action, which is great because he can make great action sequences. Mm-hmm. But then he goes, oh, I have access to CGI. Now I can up the ante. And it's like, no, be like your friend Chad Stahelski and don't up the ante. Mm-hmm. It's better that way. Up the ante by human limitation. Oh, my gosh. You said it first. Uh, so then David Leach comes on to make the movie. Tim Miller's gone. Uh, he wishes everyone well. Um and then Tim Miller will go on to make Terminator Dark Fate, a movie that rocks. Oh, so you said that in the last episode, and I already forgot. Yeah, uh, they had meetings with Brad Pitt for uh, Cable, and they also had meetings with Aaron Taylor Johnson for Cable. Very different. Now, what do those two people have in common with the director of this movie? 
They're it, both in the next movie with of his. They're all in Bullet Train. Yeah. Uh, which is not the next, but oh, bull, so yeah. I'm sure that that kind of kept them in Tim Miller's head. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, David Leach's head for this. Um, and so there's still there's much more, Jordan. I hope you're tracking with me. Uh, production for Dark Phoenix, the next movie we're going to cover, it was happening at the same time as this movie. And Simon Kinberg, the director of Dark Phoenix, directed the cast in the mansion in the one scene. Okay. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up, you know, he, he was just like around and did it. You know, it, this isn't a big deal. Because he needed to tell people how to stand in a room? No, no, no. I think it's like, oh, I'm there. Let me just be there. And they're like, oh, why don't you direct? I think it's totally like a. Like, you directed that scene? I think so. Oh, yeah, I, scene. I, I think it's like a Steven Spielberg showing up on yeah. the set of Wolf of Wall Street. And, Steve, do you have any notes about this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like totally fine, whatever. What I'm saying, though, and what should alert you to this is Dark Phoenix came out in 2021. This movie came out in 2018. Uh-oh. And they were being filmed at the same time. Okay. Dark Phoenix is going to have a lot of production problems that we're going to be talking about because that this movie Dark Phoenix should have come out before the pandemic even happened. Yeah. And it kept getting pushed and reshoots and reshoots and reshoots. The pandemic. No, no, no. No. No, wait, did it? I don't know. Oh my I gosh, if I'm wrong, then I suck. I'll look it up. Oh, okay. She's looking it up now. I'm grabbing the white wine that I brought with me to recording. And I am giving it a little swirl. 2019. Oh. <laughs> so I'm wrong. I guess we can find the release date. No, it was like June, I think. Well, 2019, it wasn't. Yeah, you're, okay, yeah. So I was wrong. But it it is still. Yeah, June 7th. It is still a little nuts. I remember there is still a lot of uh, production issues. So, okay. I'll hold you that. And that is that is a year and a half after. Or that's a. A little over a year after this. So, okay. Anyway, I guess I was kind of wrong on that, and I'll just have to eat it. But we'll talk about it next week. Um, One of the stunt women for Domino was killed during this movie. Whoa, really? Uh, And uh, this is one of those things that sucks, because um, the veteran stunt double for Dom, like, there was a veteran stunt double there, Melissa Stubbs, and she was available and willing to do the stunt. Uh, but the inexperienced Harris, who is the woman who died, um, was preferred due to her skin color being a match for Zazie Beats. This decision was criticized by multiple stunt professionals and many noting that Harris's experiences racing motorcycles did not necessarily qualify her as an able stunt performer. Wow. Now, on top of that, so that's bad enough. Yeah. But on top of that, uh, they didn't have enough time to make a helmet to put under the wig that she would wear. What? So she was riding a motorcycle without a helmet? Yeah. And, and she the died. insurance didn't, like, come down on them or, like, not cover anything? Like, that just yeah, seems I don't like, know. like, and you you do not have insurance if your stunt people do not wear helmets. Yeah. And that is easily proven that a person was not wearing a helmet. I know. That is so ridiculous. I know. That's so sad. It's weird. It made me think, like, I mean, I don't want to put a judgment on the director because, I mean, it's not his job to coordinate the stunts. Um, That's the stunt coordinator's job. Mm -hmm. And I also don't know the situation, Mm -hmm. like, intimately. But it's the kind of thing where I feel like, I just kind of feel like if I directed a movie and that happened, I'd be like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, someone died on my set. Yeah. I Yeah. So it's always kind of weird to me that people just keep on doing it. But 
I've also never been in that situation where I've caused someone's death. So, uh, you know, I don't know how I would react. Yeah. It'd be like if an avalanche came down, would I grab my phone or would I grab my kids? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is a cut scene where Deadpool uh, kills baby Hitler. Okay. They test screened it and everyone was like, it just made him uncomfortable. Just too, too much. Too <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> uh, which, but it did, I did find out that I guess there's an SNL sketch that I want to look up where people keep coming back time traveling to kill baby Hitler. And the mom's like, why do all these people keep coming here? Which seems like a funny bit. How old is it? Uh, I think at the time of Deadpool's what, release, the, it was like... only a couple years old. Okay. It's like a modern cast, you know? Okay. Uh, so we should look that up. Uh, they shot extra stuff with X Force, so during the marketing they could use scenes that weren't in the movie. There you go. That's Love cool. that. Yeah. Um, Junkie XL didn't return for the score, obviously, because he's not the one who did the score. But he he was like, I guess Miller was like the whole reason he did the project. Oh, okay. He was like the driving force, and he was like, eh, okay, I don't want to do it. Um, the score earned a parental warning, which is the first time that's ever happened because of that one song. Yep, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Um, I don't think I noticed it the first time. Oh, I definitely did, yeah. Okay. Um, Celine Dion is the performer of the title track, ah, Ashes. Okay. Um, and then one thing that I had forgotten about is one of the promos for this movie was Deadpool as Bob Ross, which was very funny. Um, wh- one of the like benefits of these movies is they're able to do these promos that don't even involve mm-hmm. footage from the movie where he can do stupid stuff, and it's like good enough for you to go see the movie. Yep. Um, now, did you ever hear about Once Upon a Deadpool that happened? No. So later this year, they recut the movie to PG-13 and called it Once Upon a Deadpool and put it in theaters. Why? To make more money? They wanted to try it out, but they had a pretty good idea that they did. They got Fred Savage, the kid from Princess Diaries, yep. and it's Deadpool telling him the story of Deadpool to and he's in bed as an adult man, Fred Savage. And that is pretty pretty, freaking great. Pretty undeniable. (laughs) And I I actually wanted to see it, but I was like, I dislike, by that time, by the time it came out later that year during Christmas, I was like, I've seen, like, I dislike Deadpool 2 so much. Like, I'd convinced myself that I was like, I don't want to see it again. But but that allows for, like, lots of extra jokes, and that seems very Mm Deadpool-y. So, like, if they did that every time, I'd be like, yeah, that's, so smart yeah um and then finally um before this was released they had started working on an x-force movie so they would do an x-force movie for something bigger and then deadpool 3 for something to remain small okay and then in 2018 reynolds says they might not make a deadpool 3 as they're shifting their focus to x-force uh, now, in 2017, we're hearing the rumblings of the Disney acquisition, and Bob Iger is saying, guys, don't worry. Deadpool's fine. If we make more Deadpool, they will be rated R. No worries there. Um, and then, so all of that is happening. In 2021, Reynolds revealed that the plot of the film, now they've, like, confirmed Deadpool 3, uh, but the plot of the film would have, no, 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 they hadn't confirmed it because it's saying Reynolds said the plot would have involved Deadpool and Wolverine going on a road trip in the style of the film Rashomon, which uh, that does sound pretty great. I don't know uh, what that movie is, but is it a, a bro movie? No, no, I actually don't know what that has to do with uh, a 
No, I'm going to tell you about it. Don't look at your phone. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that has to do with a road trip, but Rashomon is an Akira Kurosawa that, movie. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic. It's amazing, but but it's like they've all witnessed. It's it's a uh, all these different people have witnessed a crime, and they all tell the crime from their perspective. So it's it's just a movie about like everyone has a different perspective. And where um, can I watch that? Uh, I'm sure it's on something, and I'd love to rewatch it. It's I, that sounds awesome. So good. Um. But yeah, we'll go over all the Deadpool 3 production when that movie comes out, and we cover it. Um, and, appa- and also, they did plan on shooting a scene where Chris Evans was the Human Torch and tried out for X-Force, which would have been so funny, mm-hmm. but they never got to even like film it mm-hmm. for that part. So I would have loved that. Those are my notes for the movie. Okay. So now what? We talk about the movie. What? Yeah, that that's the time. I've talked so much. Do you think you can kick us off here with the ex the dead logan toy and all that stuff yeah so this movie starts with um a dead logan toy to remind us of the end of logan i wonder if they sell that toy (laughs) maybe it's a music box too yeah it's a music box and i like it um and is this when he's in the apartment we start off right here. Okay, so he is in his apartment. Um, when he's, he's saying, like, Logan Logan really up the ante. They copied us on the rated R thing, and then they kill themselves. And then they, and then they killed him. Killed and him. And then he is like, well, I'm going to do one better. I'm going to kill myself. And he's going around the apartment, um, turns on all the gas burners. Um, you're not really sure what's happening. You're, I mean, it, you know, it's Deadpool. Is this even happening yet? Uh-huh. He la- he's smoking a cigarette, lays down on a ton of barrels of gasoline, yeah, and flicks a cigarette in, ignites and explodes himself, yeah. And he tells us he he's gonna catch us up with how we got here, right? Classic Deadpool style, just like the first <laughs> movie. Um, so we go back to he catches us up with since Deadpool one, he is a contract guy. Yeah. He's the bad guy that kills bad guys. He is the Dexter of superheroes. <laughs> Surprise. They didn't throw that kind of joke in. Oh my gosh. Um, so he's traveling around the world, um, taking out organized crime bosses and other people. Um, he's in Hong Kong. He is in, I'm forgetting the other ones, but then he's he in goes, the- he goes to Biloxi, Biloxi, Mississippi, which I, I didn't know where that was. So we looked it up, found out it was in Mississippi. I was like, okay, that feels like a joke. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny Yeah, because we have so many of these movies. We've talked about it in, I think, especially in days of future past, I think where it's like every single scene, is like France, Germany, America. And it's like, shut up. Yeah. And, and for them to point out Biloxi and not tell us where it's at, because I'm like, I don't know, is that Russia? Is I, that, yeah, like, I was it's thinking, a like, weird name. Ukraine, maybe? Where's a place where they have X's? And then when I wrote Biloxi, Mississippi popped up. <laughs> and because at the time, I wasn't even looking at the types of people that were there, because I think it's like a bunch of like motors, like, it's like a motorcycle. It's, it's, gang it's a strip bar. club, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, and all the, all the locations, scenes are specific and stylized and cliche in their own way. And and it is like ramped up violence, yeah. Tarantino esque violence, yeah. And and it's and and this is where I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And this is this is David Leach doing his thing, yeah. Because these are like well choreographed scenes, and they're pretty intense and cool. And it's all to Dolly Parton's nine to five, mm-hmm. which 
how can you lose when a you put of, that song on there? A lot of good drops in this movie. Oh, yeah. This has got a great soundtrack. So he th- then he takes us to this warehouse where all these dudes are, henchmen, more organized crime things. He's, he's tasked with taking down. Um, and he's picking off everyone. Like you said, it's very violent. Mm-hmm. And the one dude he's trying to get gets away in a panic room so he can't finish his job. But it's his anniversary with Vanessa. So he job done enough. Yeah. And he goes home and they have they, they they're celebrating their anniversary and they're gonna have they're gonna start trying to have kids. Yeah. That's their big thing. Um they're watching Yentl. Yes. And I don't remember them riffing on that song that she's singing sounds like the snowman song yeah. from Frozen. And that is f- that was so funny. Yeah. I think because at the time to- I've never still have not seen Frozen. And I I think even at the time I still hated Frozen so much because it was so like people couldn't stop talking about it that I was yeah. like, I don't care about that joke. Since then, it's like that's a really funny joke. <laughs> yeah, no, it was um I like when I like when movies can like point out something like that where it's like, oh, so we just all accepted that they stole this melody and we were fine with it in another famous musical. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And we'll just keep moving forward. Got it. Apparently, the one thing uh, there there was some sort of joke about Disney, and I th- I think it had to do with a with Disney being acquired that they were they had to cut from the movie. Well, he brings up a lot of times throughout the movie, especially X Men related things, uh-huh. where he is con- constantly complaining how they can still only get Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. Um, because oh, they, you want a prize for saying her name? I remember this time, <laughs> but that they. The, the first movie, like he is saying the word studio. He, I I don't know if he uses the word movie, but he's basically saying like our movie did so well. They can't even give us. Yeah. Throw in a, like, like a mainstream X-Men character. They can't even do that. And that's when we get that little cameo. Yeah. With, room. with like all of the cast of the young X-Men. Yeah. Um, to which you were like, that doesn't make sense. They'd be older now and stuff. And I was like, oh, you're right. But it doesn't really matter. It's Deadpool. No, it doesn't, it's a funny bit. Now that I've seen every, now that I've seen everything. Except for two. We got two to go, Jordan. I question things. (laughs) Anyway, celebrating their anniversary, and he gets, his job wasn't finished, and the henchmen find him, Uh and he he starts killing them off again in their apartment. Vanessa's hiding. This was very inventive. Yeah. Um, He grabs the, his steak knives in the thing that you put him in. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, the knife set. The knife set. And just the, the way he uses it throughout that scene is very inventive. It was great. Yeah. And then when he says, when she's like, I'm okay. And then he goes, thank goodness I would have had to use the, the, like che- the like cream like cheese, cheese spreader. spreader or whatever. Yeah. And then he does have to use it, which results in, I almost said Natasha, but Vanessa getting killed. Mm-hmm. And he gets upset. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it? I think it's so lame that they just kill her off. I think it's just so dumb. It's, I think that's weak writing. Yeah. We don't need the whole movie to be pinned on this happening. We, like, it, it's just, yeah, fine. Kill off your, like, female main character. That's how it feels. Just do it, I guess. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we get one other one. But Not we don't have, like, time. any pathos for with for, with Domino, you know? No. Um, it's not even that I care that much about Vanessa, but you know, I, I, she's just, she's in the last movie. She's also the, um, 
what is it called? Damsel in Distress. Like, she she's in the last oh, movie yeah, more, yeah. but then she's also just like kidnapped to get Deadpool to do something. Oh so yeah. So even, even in that movie, it's pretty like we've seen it was pretty cliche her character. Mm-hmm. So it's sometimes it's like oh cool we get a sequel like we'll get to see her do more. They can develop her. Apparently, she is a real comic book character that has some kind of like alter ego. Yeah. And they're just going to kill her instead of giving it to us. Yeah. And, and you know, I know we want to hit that family message. You know, he tells us, hey, this is actually a family movie, um, which I, I do like that that premise where it's like the first one's a love story. This is a family movie. I hope in, I mean, in the next movie, because they did get Logan. I mean, Wolverine, they'll probably be like, this is a road trip buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably be like, he'll be saying that while he's like, you know, disemboweling somebody or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, it seems like a waste. It does give him like good motivation and revenge is yeah, but fun, but that that's like, it's just, it's just by week. It's just not, it's not, it's just weak because there's so many that it's become a stereotype. Yeah. You kill, kill his love interest so that he can do all of these things, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why not see what kind of story you would have if you didn't have to do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe they just can't have kids. Maybe he's sterile. I mean, he does have cancer. Yeah, which is what well, I was. Well, actually, cancer wouldn't make you sterile. No, but, but he, I mean, he's been like been pumped full of things. That are that's not good what for I'm thinking person. of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's another way to do it. There is. It's just the, that's the easiest way to do it. Which I just it's just lame because it's like I challenge you to be better at that. People who are being paid <laughs> to do this. Yeah. Um. But that happens. She then dies. we have like the title credit, um, which, is James which is like Bond. James Bond themed, uh, directed by one of the guys who killed John Wick's dog. Um, I I love this. Yeah. I I I hope. I mean this this is what Deadpool can do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this is when it is operating at its highest when it's doing stupid stuff like this. Yeah. So I hope that they keep that sort of thing up. I think they should have an animated sequence in one of these movies, right? Like a long animated sequence. Sure. That would be a fun thing yeah. to do. Um, yeah, and so now we're all caught up. We're at the X he Mansion. He blows himself up. Colossus comes yeah. in, picks up his body, takes him to the youngster school, um, and rehabilitates him. Yeah. And uh, there's funny stuff. We don't need to go through Colossus every joke. Colossus really but... wants him to be an X-Men. And Deadpool, who has nothing left, but has that vision yeah. with Vanessa or that near-death experience where he's like, okay, well, I got to figure out a family thing. So he's like, okay, fine, I'll I'll try and be an X-Men. Yeah. And I, I do really like how it, it feels like even more so in this movie, they go to the mansion quite a bit mm-hmm. and they really film it like so that it, it looks really empty. <laughs> and it's it's pretty, that's, that is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's a school, but it's a bustling school. Yeah, that's no how we've always seen it, and there's just nobody. <laughs> um, and so then uh, they go to the mutant recovery recovery center. Yeah, and this is where we're introduced to. So, what does the that kid. mean? A mutant recovery center? Well, I we, think we know the twisted things that are happening behind closed doors, but is this like for orphans who are mutants? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, and they're trying to like e- get them to stop using their powers. 
pretty cool idea. It it is fun. It is fun that in both of these movies they're still playing with the X Men comp like uh, world ideas, yeah, and stuff. They're not just like oh Deadpool talks. That's funny. Yeah, that they're, they're still like that's a cool idea. Yeah, and I mean the plot is decent. It is the plot of Looper, but it's decent. We could probably find another movie that's older than Looper that's the same plot too. So it's okay. No, Looper's wholly original unto itself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so tell me about the kid, Jordan. Fire Fist. He is uh, wreaking havoc, havoc outside the school. Police are swarmed, but there's nothing they can do. Come in the X-Men comprised of those three people. Um, Deadpool is a trainee. Yeah. And they're... He has a training jersey on, which is funny. Yeah. I, I do find it funny that... And this isn't a slam or ni- oh my gosh. at all what or are anything. You about to say? But like, he's this trainee, and you know he's a superhero. He doesn't kill. He he, um, diffuses the situation. Why is he allowed to bring guns? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially when a chi- it's a child. Yeah. Um, but he's like immediately like getting ready to use his guns and everything. And Colossus is trying to like remind him, don't do anything. Um, and he's talking to the kid. The kid is having a moment. He's pissed. Yeah. Um, but he does diffuse the situation. Well, he hits the kid with the butt of his sword. Yeah. And then he starts picking up on like, oh, this kid's being abused here. Yeah. And he kills one of the orderlies like yeah. immediately. He calls him someone. Keep talking, but He calls him Yeah, but I I did like be, that before that he started going off about at the end of the last movie Colossus was saying Four or five moments. Yeah, Every yeah. hero gets four or five moments to actually be a hero. And so Deadpool is using that message in this instance, but he's off, he's not using it correctly. Uh-huh. And he uses it to like justify him killing that man. Yeah. <laughs> which was very funny. He, he calls him Jared Kush- Kushner, who is the former senior advisor to uh, the 45th president of the United States, uh, who, not to be mean is a very haunting looking person. And he was involved in, you know, the 45th president. So he's not the best person in the world. Okay. Uh, (laughs) A very haunting looking person. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a little frightening. Um, What's his name? Jared Kushner. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So we're, we're now taking this. (laughs) Like you're actually like shaken by this person. I mean, you are right. Do you see it? Do you see him? Hmm. That's a tr- face you can't trust. Dead on, though, with the joke. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he kills that guy. He he kills the Jared Kushner-looking guy. And then they go to mutant prison. Their powers are deactivated. And I, I love that because when their powers are deactivated, um, Deadpool's cancer is, like, rampant. Oh it's yeah, never that's gone. great. His yeah. cancer's never gone. It's just always at bay. But now he doesn't have his his just like the Chesapeake. <laughs> he doesn't have his mutant <laughs> ability to keep it at to keep like regenerating and healing himself from it. Yeah, so love he, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're we're we are introduced to Cable, and we see this like time traveling scary looking guy. Now, as someone who hasn't read anything with Cable, well, I have now, but before this came out. I had no idea that he's, like, a good guy. So the twist of him helping at the end was actually a twist to me. Okay. 
Whereas I, it, so, I mean, same. I don't, I don't know. So, sometimes I wonder with some of these characters, like, what's the point of making them start bad? You know, well, I was gonna ask what you thought about that as someone who reads comics. Yeah, but I, I do think they write his story well, um, and it's a good idea. And and the the thing the thing that this movie actually falls into though is it does the romantic comedy thing, where he shows up and he doesn't tell anyone why why he's doing what he's doing and they probably could have talked it through now Who having could it if he had talked it through with well yeah I, I i guess when he when he's fighting deadpool a second time he could be like you do you know who he doesn't even say anything like do you know who this kid is or anything like I that i guess it would be deadpool that he would need to tell but he can't do it at the beginning no that yeah cuz that wouldn't make sense and, but i and i and i do i do think there is an argument to be made for the way he's acting and the way he's doing this, he is not talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. He, there, this is a. I'm not asking questions. I'm just do, finding this kid and killing him. I don't care. But it, but it, it does struggle a little, especially you know. It it takes until the last like half hour of the movie for us to find out why he's even doing it. I don't know. I I think there could have been something else there. Yeah. Story wise, um. But yeah, then he goes to the prison. They have a big fight. I think I do think it's funny that throughout the time in prison, the kid is just trying to figure out like I got to find the biggest guy in here and beat him up. Yeah, make him my B. And he make he makes a shank out of a pen that he has up his butt. So that's like a running joke throughout the movie. I think that stuff's funny. Yeah. I I don't, but I don't think it's not funny. It, yeah. it just isn't funny to me. Yeah. Um, but I understand that it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Cable shows up, starts trying to go after the kid. Deadpool's trying to protect him. Um, action ensues. And and this is when I wrote this note. So I think this is when I officially drop off the movie. Yeah. Because I wrote the movie went Hollywood. Is yeah. how it feels when it gets to this point. Yeah. Uh, which is not bad i i like bombastic but it, it felt like oh we're like no longer in the realm of the first movie now things are just True. like really amped up really crazy convoluted story which is the convoluted is not bad these are not bad things but i i think they do hurt deadpool i mean if we're gonna compare it to movie. other x-men movie this is this continues to be one of the more streamlined stories out of the whole franchise well that is very true so i don't know i don't think it's convoluted <laughs> If I can compare, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this scene, I, I like his gun. I think it's cool that, that but the, what's funny with it being David Leach and everything, I actually think the action is just okay in this movie. It never gets as good as the intro of him killing everybody. No, it doesn't. But, but there are two great jokes in this. What? Uh, when he says, you're so dark, are you sure you're not from the DC universe? Mm. That's funny. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing is when he he says, "I have two questions for you." He has three questions. Three questions. I don't remember them all, but one of them is: "Is dubstep still a thing?" And then he says, "It dubstep is for lamos." He doesn't say that though. <laughs> and then he goes, "I love dubstep." And then they fight, and dubstep plays. Yeah, that's that's funny. That's a good bit. Yeah, that's an episode of Great Bits. Okay. Um. But yeah, so then he's pretty handily defeated, and well, him and Deadpool like are thrown out of the prison by their fighting. 
That's right, yeah. And, and Dead- he's able to like see um, who I wanted to call this time Monica, but Vanessa. Um, <laughs> What's wrong with you? I think I got a little bit of Monica in my <laughs> mind. <laughs> You know that I loved that song as a kid uh-huh. because for some reason that's in the Stuart Little soundtrack. That makes sense. And I can't remember when. I feel like it might even have been the credits of the movie. But man, I loved that song so much. <laughs> and I did not know what it was about, even though he's just naming all these ladies' names. Yeah. I, I loved that song. I think uh, I like whenever I hear that song, I am trans. <laughs> I am transported to the the roller odyssey rink and Did i can play just that song? i can just see myself not skating because i couldn't what uh, do you mean you couldn't i couldn't roller skate can you still not roller skate no what do you no do you... i can't do it okay just hold on to the song <laughs> what are you talking about you've tried yeah ice skating and roller skating i can't do it but roller skating is not hard i can't do it I did not know this about you. Been uh, married to I'm, you for five I'm years. Kind of, I'm a little scared to do it. Have you always been embarrassed to tell me? No, I thought I had told you, but so the day that the ro- the the skating rink closed, you were probably so thankful. I You're yeah, probably I, relieved. Yeah, but I was always it was always like, oh no, we're going there, and I'd have to like go around the sides and stuff at gold cart outings and stuff. What? What kind of skates did you do? I'd have to do the fours. Okay. Yeah. And then Dylan and Jake would grab me and throw me into walls. Well, there's always a kid that's that's going to happen too. Yeah. So you were the kid. I was the kid, and and that made me that that I think that stunted my learning of how to do it because I never really learned how to skate. And yeah. then it was like when I try to go out there, I'm thrown against walls, uh, and I'm scared. So <laughs> I never learned how. I'm sorry, I will say about um, ice skating. I remember ice skating, like loving ice skating as a kid uh-huh. so much. And then like as a teenager or something, me and my friends were like, guys, we should go ice skating. We haven't been since we were like kids and it was so fun. This will be uh-huh. so fun. And it was so hard. Yeah. What happened? It probably was I, just it as was hard. It was never easy for me. So I it, don't know. It probably was just as hard when I was a kid too, but I just didn't care and had, still had fun. Yeah. And I didn't know that it was hard. I was always, I always had like, some of the most intense catharsis ever in any movie ever is in Rocky. And it still is to this day because he takes Adrian on a date to and the ice not, rink. He's not wearing skates. And he just runs around on his tennis shoes. And I, every time I watch it, I'm like, why can't I just do that? Why can't I just run around on the ice skates and be like Rocky? But yeah. I, don't, I don't think he looked cool. I think that was kind of like he was trying to be cool, but he wasn't being cool. He's kind of cool in that scene. Okay. He's charming. Sure, I'll go. I'll give you charming. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's that's me on skating. So what about the song? Uh, I'm just transported to there. Yeah. Yeah. So the song's a little triggering, triggering for you. Bad times. <laughs> I guess the yeah, and the other thing is I remember anytime we'd have uh, for those who don't know at the school we went to gold card outings were like oh you behaved well like it's the end of a of the quarter semester or whatever semester. so we're gonna go out on a trip on a gold card outing so we would go and whenever it was that or the road you're telling ro- me Dylan ro- had a gold card and got to go to gold card come outings? on we knew how to work the system oh. uh, there was the ruh ruh rink which is the ice skating rink locally. And um, anytime it was those two places, I was always like, I would always just try and, 
the whole time I'm just trying to figure out like how can I oh, lose my gold card? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like like oh, like Dustin just came off the ice. Like I'll go talk to him for a little while, and then it's like oh, I'm gonna go back out there, and it's like oh yeah, cool. Like I I I think I'm gonna. Like, I wanted to go look at something over here, and then it's like, oh, there's Anna. Okay, cool. I'll talk to her. And it was just like, how can I... So they were never fun for you? They were f- fun. But not but not as fun as it should have been, in theory. The, the, it was fun being around friends. The activity was not fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to hear it. And it's kind of fun to talk about. I think it makes for good podcasting. But I have to say, I'm feeling a little a little red in the cheeks. <laughs> I, I'm a little embarrassed. And now everyone's going to know. So, but it's good. It's good to let it out there, you know. Yeah. I'm glad um, to finally know. Because I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of our listeners know. But anyone who doesn't, Micah and I have, we went to school together from pre-K through high school. Uh-huh. Um, but we were not friends the entire, we were friends in fourth grade. And then other than that, we were not friends the entire time. So we have, since getting together and being married, have been able to share all these stories about our experiences <laughs> yeah, in high yeah. school. There's not much so left to different. tell. No. You know, well, so. apparently there was. Well, I but I mean, that. that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is a big treat. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because our experiences were so different because we ran in different circles. We certainly did. And, you know, this is another thing. I've always been someone who I think for the most part, I'm like someone who can learn from others' mistakes. And um, also, like, I love movies so much. Like, I feel like I can experience life through movies instead of those experiences on my own. So if I watch, like, a movie about an ice skate rinker... Rinker? Ice skater. Ice skater. That's as good to me as going out and ice skating. That That's like... I'll watch I, Tanya and I'll get the catharsis someone will get while You'll get the being catharsis on the ice. of being a wonderful figure skater and also the catharsis of blowing out someone's knee. Yeah. So, so I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's another reason I like movies so much is I, I can kind of like escape to those worlds and be those people. But the movies don't make you want to like go somewhere and do something ever? No, no, they definitely do. They okay. definitely do. And there's definitely experiences that I find much better. But I guess, I guess the things that I like to do. Uh, or or things that seem like within my wheelhouse, or maybe they'd sure. stretch a little bit. It's like, ooh, yeah, now I want to go do that thing, and then it's more satisfying mm-hmm. to do it in real life. But something that like I'm scared to do, mm-hmm. it's like that's good enough to see someone. Oh, else I do get it. that. I get yeah. that. Yeah, that's fine for with for, with me. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, do you want to go to the rink and watch people? It's like, no, it wasn't shot by Bill Pope. Why would I go do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of a window into my soul. Yeah. Uh, so please just give us uh, five stars. Just just give us five stars and say sorry, Micah, because, um, you know, we need the ratings and I need the support. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So now it's the tryouts for X-Force. Okay. Tell me all about it. Uh, him and... You're running this up, you know. Him and TJ Miller... <laughs> TJ Miller's back. Yeah. Um, they're interviewing people, like you just said, for the X-Force. It's the crew that Deadpool's going to put together to go stop, to go get the kid and protect the kid from Cable. Um, and we get the lineup that we talked about previously. We get Zeitgeist, Bedlam, Shatterstar, Domino, Vanisher. No, I, I was going to get it. Oh. And Peter. Wow, you got all of them. I wrote them all I down. I can't believe I remembered it at all. I, d- I only wrote, like, I wrote Terry Crews, Bill Skarsgård, 
Vanisher, Shatterstar, Domino, and Peter. I wish that we had seen more of Shatterstar. Um, but I, I, I also understand because it was a joke. Yeah. But like when we were introduced to him, it was like, what's your thing? And he's like, well, I'm not from here. I'm from Mojo World. I'm from Mojo World and we're just better than you at everything. Yeah. And it's like, I need, per- what do you mean by that? What is that? <laughs> I read a uh, Patrick Willems uh, letterbox on this movie and he said, a character says Mojo World. So this is automatically better than every other X-Men movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think at first it's like, he says this stuff and it's like, oh, so he's just an idiot. But then uh-huh. later on when he dies, he's all green goo. So he actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. was an alien. Yeah. I so, just wanted to see a little bit more. So then this this is a great bit. Yeah. This this is hilarious. They go to dive. They're gonna they're gonna mission impossible it here. But but prior to that, they're so they're all in the helicopter <laughs> waiting to jump, and everyone's talking about this high wind advisory. Which is, I mean, for for superheroes to die because of a high wind advisory is hilarious. <laughs> And so Terry Crews, or Deadpool lands first after hitting a billboard. And then he sees that people, you know, getting, like, tossed around. They don't look like they're, things are going to go well. Also, the effects are pretty bad. But mm-hmm. um, then Terry Crews lands. He immediately gets hit by a bus. <laughs> okay, that's funny. People and it's like, like performing CPR on him like he's dead. He's dead. And then um, after that, Shatterstar flies into a helicopter <laughs> whose blades are running. <laughs> and Deadpool's like, left, no left, go turn left. No, no, no stage left, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vanisher lands on a telephone wire, gets electrocuted, and that's when we see that it is Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Skarsgård lands in a wood chipper. But Peter's trying to help him. Peter, Peter, Peter lands, lands fine. safely. Yeah. Um, and But he's trying to help... Um, Bill Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård's barfs on him and his barf is acidic and like acid. Well, it's acid. Yeah, and it kills Peter. It kills Peter. Now, I know at the end of the movie they correct this mistake. But I, I will say, even at the time of the theater, I, I, w- I think that the joke is funnier if all these people with powers got murdered and died and then Peter's like, wow, I survived. And then they go... Then he's there for the entire chase, and he keeps on almost dying. And I know that's Domino's thing, but yeah. you have to rewrite it because the, all of Domino's stuff looks like some of the worst CG I've ever seen in my life. So rewrite this scene, and Peter's along the whole time, finishes the entire thing, and it's always these near misses, and then they get to the end, and they're like, I can't believe you made it. And he goes, yeah, that was a little rich for my blood. I think I'm going to go back to insurance. <laughs> And then he's never seen from again. Yeah. I think that that's way funnier. Yeah. And it would allow for like joke after joke for that whole sequence. Yeah. Or even if you, I think, because I think Domino is so funny in herself, like it with all of her stuff. Well, you were charmed by I don't Domino. Want to, I don't want to get rid of it because it just was funnier than I remember it being. That Peter lands just right there. Uh-huh. And that's enough for him. <laughs> he just, that works too. He, he conquered his fear. He jumped out of a, of a plane. He's just like, I, I just peed my pants. I, I got to go I buy a go, new pair of pants. Yeah, yeah, that would be funny, too. Um, but yeah, Domino is the only one who survives. Her thing, her superpower is she's lucky. Yeah. And throughout the movie, we see that being demonstrated. And I love the thing that I love about it is you can't actually like prove that this is yeah. a superpower, I guess. But the fact that later on in the movie, when they get to the 
school again where the kid was mm-hmm. she's like oh i was raised here and it's like oh so like this is a true power that <laughs> yeah, you yeah. have and, and it is funny that that uh deadpool does say like what like lazy writer from marvel in yeah. the 90s came up with this stupid thing on a like de- late deadline or something yeah. like that i'm like that does i've read many an issue where the powers you're like that's what you came up with yeah were you like partying that weekend or something no, these are writers for Marvel. They yeah, weren't they partying. Were partying. <laughs> they were probably just trying to make way too many comics at once. Yeah. And that's all they could come up with. Um, yeah, so Dominic's Domin Dom Dom Domino's <laughs> powers are showcased. And um I, I wrote this note. If you can't make it look good, you have to come up with something better. <laughs> yeah, true. Because her her thing and, and Deadpool says this, but he's saying it. As a joke, he's over the earpiece, and he says, your powers aren't even cinematic. And then we're getting these big shots of big stuff happening, and I'm like, Deadpool's right. This looks terrible. doesn't look like cinema, my friend. Just spend more time on it. Yeah, or do something else. Yeah. You know, uh, that that's, that is like the... I don't want to invoke James Cameron every time we cover an episode, but... It's like he waits to make these movies until, like, and works on them for so long. Partly he has the budget to do it, and he can change the deadlines and all that stuff. But it's like he waits until he can make it look good. Micah, the fact that you're comparing a Deadpool movie to James Cameron is no, already unfair. No, no, I know that. I know that. But there are other directors, I just can't think of them right now, where it's like let's work within what we were given. Yeah. I, you know what? Here's an example. Um both of his movies, Dan Trackenberg, I think it's Dan Trackenberg, uh, the director of Prey and okay. 10 Cloverfield Lane. I think. I might be getting him confused with a different director. No, no, that's him. Um, now, I, I I actually didn't like Prey, even though the, the people really love that movie. And and I do think there's some wonky effects, but he's definitely working within like the constraints of that project and using it to its fullest extent. And it's like, yeah, I, I think he could have gone a little bit more, but that's okay. And same thing with Ten Cloverfield Lane, you know, working within the constraints. Just don't, uh, you know, you got a hundred ten million dollar budget. Don't waste it on this sequence. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to pack it up. <laughs> well, now the juggernaut comes out. Okay. And he looks like... Garbage. He looks like the scene of Domino had a had a baby with itself, and that baby is juggernaut. He makes Colossus look good, and Colossus looks really bad in yeah. this movie. It's not, it's not good to look at. No. And I don't know why they wouldn't make him red. If you're going that far, just make him red, like the comics. Yeah. Um... And so um, Kid has made friends with Juggernaut, the biggest guy in the prison. Yeah, so they, 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 so Cable shows up. There's a fight scene with Cable, but then they stop him, and Juggernaut rips Deadpool in half and leaves him there. Yeah. And it's like, okay, everything, like, no hope. Yeah. That's our point. Of, that's our low point of the movie. Um, Deadpool goes to the Blind Owl, is uh-huh. her name. And to grow his legs back. Yeah. Um, and that's when people show up and are like, we got to still, you know, fight for this and stuff, which includes TJ, Dopinder, and Domino. Yeah. 
Um, and it is funny that TJ says something to the effect of like, we got to figure out what you guys are going to do while I stay home. That is funny. I did not care for as much about like his shtick was not as funny to me. This yeah. movie where he's explaining something in five different ways. Yeah. And they're just choosing, okay, we'll do that improv line. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah. not as funny to me this time as it was the first, yeah. uh, the first movie. Um, but cable shows up for help seeking help now. And this is when he explains. And and also motive. Deadpool does do a reversal and a good thing where he, they're talking about cable and he goes, he's standing right behind you, isn't he? <laughs> As he's looking in that direction. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Keep going. So we get cables backstory. Uh, Fire fist grows up to be evil and he, well, he, yeah, he grows up to be evil and he, he's responsible for cables family's death. Uh-huh. So he has gone back in time to kill the kid when he's a kid. Yeah. And then I think Deadpool's like, why would you stop there? Go get, go just go kill Hitler if you can, baby Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that, that's the thing. I think Cable's like, well, I only have two, two charges. charges, one to get here and one to get back. And then I think Deadpool says, well, that's weak writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which totally work, like upends it and it yeah. totally works. Yeah. Um, and so then he agrees to give him 30 seconds. That's mm-hmm. it to to convert the kid over to the to the light side. Yeah. And then he goes to Colossus and uh, recreates the ending of Say Anything. Yeah. A movie that you say is really bad, right? I don't like that movie. You don't like it. That, I feel that, like that I scene have, is so underwhelming too. I have to watch it, right? If you want, I don't I'm not watching it. No, no, I know. It's just your it's a, it's a classic it's your classic love story though of this kid who is like lower class and falls in love with this girl who's upper class and her parents don't approve. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, then a pro- if I, I'm probably not remembering correctly, but I just feel this is the template it's using where the relationship's hard. And then finally, um, something happens and he says something unforgivable to her about like, you're always going to look down on people like me, blah, blah, blah. You're the worst. And then he does the boombox thing, and that scene was so underwhelming to me, like yeah. most things are when they're built up yeah. in pop culture. Um, I didn't care for that movie. Oh, okay. Well, he does that, and Colossus doesn't come. Which is what happens. In the movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they get to the final fight. Colossus does come, and they fight. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll, I I think it's I think it's a very bad sequence. I'll, I'll, it's this, awful. This last scene is so bad. so bad. Um, I still think though, on the whole, like this movie's much more watchable than most of the X Men movies. Yes, that's true. Um, and there's enough nuggets in these that that make up for it and bring this movie up to like a six, maybe mm-hmm. when it could have easily been a four. I would say, mm-hmm. but there's enough gold that really shines. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have this big bad final fight he does call it a big cgi fight coming up which is funny yeah um and then he is able to stop the kid from killing the 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 headmaster barely but yeah okay yeah if you're there yeah but cable's gonna kill him anyway yeah and deadpool sacrifices himself with that collar on so oh yeah, no. That's regenerate. why it stops him from killing the guy. Yeah, because yeah. Cable's like, no, he didn't get him. Shoots. Cable jumps. I mean, Deadpool jumps in front of him. Yeah. So and Deadpool is dying. He's dying, and then he wakes up 
and then he starts dying again, and then he kind of wakes up. Pretty funny scene. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And then he does die and sees Vanessa. And um, she's like, it's actually not time yet. Yeah, so he comes back. What, it, I mean, f- they did kill her off, but at least she shows up throughout the movie and still m- motivates it beyond just the death. Yeah, it's still lame. Yeah. Um, That's no excuse, my <laughs> And then Cable goes back in time. And he, he like, pats Deadpool, and he puts the token on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, and then the same thing happens, but he shoots him, and the token took the bullet. And the kid doesn't kill him, the headmaster, and then... Deadpool doesn't die. Doesn't die. Which, is, I, I like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. All, all, this whole sequence, great. That, that, that... And and I like the you know him going back. He has to use his charge. He decides not to go back to his family, but instead use the charge for this. That's great. Love all that. Um, and then, but oh, but I should say there is that wonderful rendition of "Take on Me," the acoustic version. It is nice, and that is beautiful. Yeah, I wonder if that is aha. Oh, um, or not aha aha. Cause that is just a beautiful version of that song. What is Alan Partridge saying? Hi, my like I'm Alan Partridge. See, seeing me, seeing you. Uh, meeting uh, me, meeting you. Oh yeah, what it's the ABBA lyric. Um, oh, it's an ABBA knowing lyric? me, knowing you, knowing me. No, I never knew that was a lyric. Oh, they meant they ta- so they mention it throughout the show. Okay, like, all I just the time. never yeah. picked up on it. it. So did they say aha in the song? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, knowing me, knowing you. Oh, duh, 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 duh. It's been a long time, okay, since I've seen me. the show. Yeah, uh, and so then, then we have like the post-credit scene where, well, well, he's accepted them. These are his new family, and then we have the post-credit scene where he travels back in time, and he goes, to, he saves Peter, then he goes to X Men Origins. He saves Vanessa. Yeah. Oh, That's the first thing he does. Oh, yeah. So that, at least we're going to have, she'll be able to come back in the next oh, movie. Oh, I doubt it. But, yeah. <laughs> why Why would they? They killed her for this movie. Yeah, I guess so. Um, well, they would do it to have her be copycat, of course. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> and then um, he goes to X-Men Origins and kills the Deadpool he played. And he, and he looks at Wolverine and he says, I'm just cleaning up the timelines here. <laughs> That's funny. And then uh, he goes to Ryan Reynolds reading the Green Lantern script, who goes, you made it to the big time, buddy. <laughs> and then blood splatters all him. over the script. <laughs> and that's funny. See, that, that's the magic of Deadpool 2, of, of a Deadpool movie where it's like, yeah, I, I don't think this is a good movie. I, d- I would say I don't like this movie. You still would say that? I would say that. Okay. Um, but there's moments like that where it's like, yeah, but it's worth watching just to see moments like that, and I would watch it again. There is no part in this movie. So, yeah, I definitely have big issues, but there is no point in this movie where I'm, like, rolling my eyes and just, like, dying for it to be the next scene because that means it's one scene closer for the movie to be over. As opposed to several movies in this series where that has been my exact thoughts and the- yeah. feelings. Yeah. Well, we have covered the worst superhero movie ever made, which is X-Men Apocalypse yeah. so far. Uh, so this one's still pretty dang good. Yeah? Okay. Well. I like it. Not as much as the first if one. If you like it so close. much, why don't you marry it, is what I say. Because I'm married to you. Thank you. And that's marriage. Rollerblading or not. <laughs> so um, if you're listening to this movie, 
uh, this podcast, you know that it's June 9th. You know that. And you know that two days ago, we came out with our episode on Kick-Ass 2 on Patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. And you know that when you get us to 50 patrons, we are launching an extra podcast on Patreon where we cover all of the Pixar movies. We've been trying to do this for years, folks. It is hard. It is hard to get a fan we, we base. We've never seen another Pixar movie because we're just waiting. Yeah, and you guys are lovely, but we need you to we need you to turn yourselves into a virus of Macaw Podcast Universers and infect all of your friends and family. And that could include this is not against the law to borrow your friend's phone or your your children's phones or your parents' phones and going to our podcast and rating it five stars. That will, that's not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> uh, and yeah, next week it's Dark Phoenix. We are almost done with X-Men. And then we're going to be doing a, a wildly different series. Could be more different. Yeah, we, we actually, last week we had to take a break from X-Men and we wa- we recorded and watched the first one of those episodes. Yep. We needed a hard reset. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you. Get Bye-bye. on out of here. Bye-bye.